Welcome to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife with Connie and Barry Strom. Your hosts are here to speak the words of the spirits and answer your questions. Now, here are Connie and Barry. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife. I'm Barry Strom, your host. God's given me a very unique gift. I have the ability to speak the words of the spirits and I try to use that gift to keep people informed of what's taking place on the other side. We currently have over 465 videos on our YouTube channel covering all aspects of the paranormal and supernatural. The channel's in my name, Barry Strome. I'm Connie Strome, your co-host. Last week, we interviewed Nikola Tesla, Albert Einstein, and Stephen Hawking, some of the most brilliant minds that ever lived. These individuals were either agnostic or atheist. We discussed many subjects, especially why science technology seems to lead individuals away from God. All our shows are available in our Voice America archive, so please tell your friends about it, and we think that they might just thank you for it. Today, we're going to advance our discussion by interviewing Carl Jung, Sigmund Freud, and Timothy Leary three of our most famous psychologists from the past. In case you don't remember, Leary was a strong advocate of psychedelic drugs. It will, be an in, it will be interesting to see if his opinion on the legalization of drugs has changed since he's on the other side. Let's begin by speaking with Sigmund Freud. He was an Austrian neurologist known as the founding father of psychoanalysis, a clinical method for evaluating and treating conflicts in the psyche through dialogue between patient and psychoanalyst. He was born in 1856 and died in 1939. Dr. Freud, welcome back. Thank you for inviting me back. I'm very happy to be here. This is a very interesting subject, and it's one that I am very happy to help contribute to. Dr. Freud, why did you become a confirmed atheist? What inspired you? I couldn't, I couldn't prove the existence of God in my mind. I was thinking in a very narrow sphere. Sometimes scientists become very convinced that you have to have absolute proof. In my mind, I could not conceive of absolute proof that God existed. Now that I'm over here, I understand truly that, uh, I was making a huge mistake. But as I tried to prove his existence, I felt more and more convinced that there could no, not be a dimension out there or a presence that we could not visually see, could not analytically prove. It was... I was very convinced that scientific method was the only way. Keep in mind that I lived in the late 1800s, early 1900s. Things were very different back then. Science was making vast advances. Science and technology, we felt, was 
the ultimate way of learning. And if you couldn't prove something, it certainly wouldn't exist. And sadly, I fell into that category that believed it. So what was your opinion of people who believed in God? I felt that they were relying on a crutch. I had I had studied the, the, the Bible. I knew that many of the stories that were in the Bible were impossible to have taken place. The concept of a fully developed Adam and Eve, Moses separating the waters of the Red Sea. There were just many, many instances that I could not prove and that I could not believe. And since the Bible was laying the foundation for for Christian religions, I just it was just something that I did not believe in at the time. What did you think when you died and your soul passed from your body? Let's just say that I really realized I'd made a mistake about this. I always thought that when you died, it was simply over. That whatever energy you had ceased to exist. When I passed, all of a sudden I was in this beautiful dimension, intense colors, beauty. There were even angels. My family members were there. Were there. It was it was very spectacular. When the mind when the soul passes from the body, the mind pretty much remains intact. All of a sudden, that you you will have access to other information, and there's a period of time that it takes for you to become accustomed to being in this new dimension. But I was truly amazed. And I certainly realized that everything that I had been preaching and I believed was in error. Can you expand on what you saw, like you talk about the colors when you passed? Everything is much more vivid. Flowers, for instance, will look multi, more multi-dimensional, more beautiful. It, there's just an intensity to everything. Once you find that you're on the other side and you're in higher levels, you can think you want to be in a, in a spot and you will be there. You want to talk to some to one of your family members, you think about them, and you'll be there. It's Heaven is just simply something that is... Not describable. That's pretty much what we keep hearing. Uh, now that you are on the other side, what would you tell a practicing atheist? I would tell them that they need to take a deeper look within themselves. They need to understand that God bases everything that he does and the belief in him on faith. He doesn't want you to be able to prove his existence. He wants you to rely on your own personal faith. Once you do that, then you will get guidance, and perhaps you will see absolute proof. There are many miracles that are going on. There are medical miracles taking place that the doctors simply cannot explain. 
take a look at all of these miracles, and there are many. An atheist will overlook them. They will say that, for instance, if a person is healed, that there was a drug that did it, or, or who knows what. You have to understand that you will not prove the existence of God. Even the most brilliant people will not be able to prove this because God simply wants you to accept him on faith. He wants you to truly believe in him. And if you are an atheist and you are leading others away from God, there will be a time when you return to heaven. And there definitely is a heaven, a dimension that you have no idea exists then you will be judged harshly for what you did. So I would suggest that you step back, take a good look at all that goes on around you, try to explain the, how the conception of a baby leads to the complex human form. Science is not going to duplicate that. Take, take a deep breath. And understand that the more that you think you know, you will realize that the more there is more that you do not know. So what all would you tell modern scientists about the existence of God? I would tell them that he truly exists. I didn't believe it. I gained quite a bit of fame through my medical practice. Through, some, through teaching psychoanalysis, through many things that I did. I thought that I knew what was going on around me. I can assure you that you don't. Do you see any way that rapid advancement of science and technology can convince people of the, in the existence of God? Advancements in science and technology will open the door to space exploration. As you advance in your space exploration, you'll realize that there are many aliens and other cultures around you, that there are immense technologies of which you have absolutely no concept. Once you come into associating with the extraterrestrials, then you will realize that they also follow the same God. So, in space exploration, you will find out that science and technology actually can give you a path in which you will believe in, in the existence of a God energy. What do you see as the future of humanity? Humanity is a very slow learner. For thousands of years of evolution of humans, humanity has had great violence, has shown greed, has shown all of the things that eventually will destroy a culture. Today, you're seeing evidence of the same things that existed for thousands of years. 
the main change is that science and technology has given you the gift, or should I say, the problem of weapons of mass destruction. Humans have conceived of an almost infinite number of ways of wiping human life from the face of the planet. As I was just pointing out, science and technology does have the ability to lead you to the path of understanding of a single God as you learn and communicate with the extraterrestrials. Hopefully that will be the culmination, the threshold of true human change. Even though that will probably take place in the future, there will be individuals whose greed, whose egos, whose personalities will not allow them to conform to a world of coexistence and health of and hope and faith. The free will of humans is what will determine the future of humanity. Hopefully, the understanding of coexistence will take place in the future. In the near, but it has to take place in the near future, or I fear humanity could be in great, in great trouble. Indeed. Uh, you and Carl Jung were good friends. What was the main reason for the two of you parting ways? Carl was a firm believer in God. I was an atheist. There were also other portions of our teachings that we began to disagree on. In the beginning, we agreed on, most, on almost everything, but as our careers advanced and we tried to expand our writings and our information, we've just simply found out that we had many differences, and sadly, we did draw apart. In our modern society, do you believe psychology has become a lost science? In many areas it has. Psychology is a very difficult means of study of humans. Humans are so complex and there's so much going on. Individuals that are entering the medical field are attracted to different types of medicine. Mental health is, in some respects, the lost science. Mental health it should actually be one of the most important sciences for medicine. But we're not seeing the young individuals going into that field. If you were in a human body today, would you be a psychologist? Probably not. I think I would be attracted to other types of research. 
I don't think that, uh, I truly don't believe that I would be a psychologist today. What do you see as the dangers of artificial intelligence? I see huge, huge problems with artificial intelligence. It could lead evil people to doing basically anything they want to do. They can learn everything that they need to know or don't need to know about an individual. It can show them logic paths that they can follow to accomplish what they want. In the hands of evil, it will be an incredibly dangerous weapon. Thank you so much for joining us again today, Dr. Freud. Uh, Do you have a final message for our listeners? Yes. I want you to think of a world where everyone gets along. I want you to think of a world where there are no differences in skin color. I want you to think of a world where everyone simply coexists. This is basically what heaven is. Humans need to emulate what takes place in heaven if they're truly going to advance into the future. You see, it's very difficult to comprehend much that goes on around you. There are so many complexities. There are so many dimensions. You have no understanding of what could actually be standing next to you in that dimension. But if you show love towards one another, if you decide that you're going to be able to coexist, then you will find that human evolution will take place. I hope that my messages have helped you to give you some clarity. If you should wish for me to return, I would be happy to do it. Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and wisdom with us. Okay, let's take a short break, and we'll be back in two minutes with the spirit of Carl Jung. Connie and Barry will be back after a few words from our sponsors. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Is death the end of the journey of the soul or a time of new beginnings? Is there proof of an afterlife? What would historic figures say if they lived today? Psychic and channeler Barry Strom uses his gift of spirit communication to answer these questions and explore all aspects of the hereafter. Have all the information necessary not to fear life's final journey. Tune in to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife with Connie and Barry Strom. Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Psychic and author Barry Strom has now published nine books dealing with supernatural subject from ghosts to aliens. His most recent books, Messages of God and Messages of the Prophet Muhammad for a Modern World, bring you the channeled messages of the founders of Christianity and Islam. 
Their words are intended to guide their followers through these modern times. These books are available in softcover and ebook on Amazon.com. Signed copies of all of Strom's books are available on his website, www.barrystrom.com. Welcome back to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife. Here are your hosts, Connie and Barry Strom. Welcome back, everyone. Carl Jung was a Swiss psychiatrist and psychoanalyst, born in 1875 and died in 1961, who's credited with founding analytical psychology. He was a prolific writer, and his work has been influential in the fields of psychiatry, anthropology, archaeology, literature, philosophy, psychology, and religious studies. We're honored to have his spirit with us today. Welcome, Carl. When you were asked if you believe in God, I loved your answer. Your answer was, I do not need to believe. I know. How did you come to know God? Thank you for allowing me to come on your show. I hope that there will still be some people that that listen to information that leads to the knowledge of God. I was very blessed. I had some psychic abilities. I would receive messages, and I would understand that God truly does exist. My family introduced me to God, and I grew up believing in him. Much of the work that I did, I realized that I was being guided. Now, I did do some, I guess you would consider bizarre things. I tried to do research in many areas that others would not touch. I tried to do alchemy. I did astrology. I investigated many, many of the things that help influence the world around humans. For me, science led me to a strong foundation of knowledge about God. I felt that there had to be an energy that would direct all of these things that were taking place around us. Many of my colleagues used their research to prove that nothing existed other than what they could see around them and what they could prove in their laboratories. I understood that there was much more to it. Many of your messages that you speak state that if you ask for guidance, you will receive it. I would ask for guidance, and in one way or another, something would happen that I would receive the answer to those questions. I truly understood that there was much more to life that there was an afterlife, and that 
there would be many, many things that we would have to leave to faith. What is your opinion on synchronicity? I believe that there is no such thing as a coincidence. I had the insight that allowed me to understand that many of events that I would seek information about would take place. For instance, meeting your soulmate. There would be a chain of events that would lead you to find the person for which you were meant to love and live your life. If you were trying to solve a problem, some strange thing would happen that would bring you the answer. Sometimes I would pray for an answer, and in my dreams, something would take place that would lead me to how I could solve that that question that was in my mind. I truly believe that all things are interrelated, and my faith in God is what led me to that conclusion. There were people who believed that you were a mystic. What were your beliefs that would lead people to believe you were a mystic? Well, as I said, I would I studied things like alchemy, astrology. I spoke of having spirit interactions. I did many things that were not common to people that were in my occupation. I did not truly act as a scientist in many ways. I believed in research in many, many different areas. And I guess people would have thought that I was a psychic or a mystic. Do you believe it's possible to cure addiction without spirituality to give you that strength? Addiction is a terrible, terrible problem. There are people that are just simply, that just simply find it very, very difficult to solve any type of addiction. Spirituality gives you an inner strength. Many people cannot cure an addiction without having that inner strength come forward for them. Most of the successful addiction programs are based on a foundation of spirituality. AA, for instance, many of the other programs, there are individuals that are very strong-willed that can break addiction, but spirituality gives you that added energy that added faith. Spirituality makes the curing of addiction much easier for an individual. Did you believe in reincarnation? Actually, I did. I felt that the human soul would return. It was messy. I had done a a lot of research, and I read much on reincarnation. And I felt that 
My soul had many prior lives. I think it was information, well, I know it was information that was given to me by the spirits. So, yes, I did feel that your soul came back for many lifetimes. I didn't truly understand it until I got over on this side. Hey, today, we're seeing that science and technology are definitely leading people away from believing in God. Why do you think this is happening? Simply because the presence of God cannot be absolutely proven. You have to believe. You have to show faith. Many scientists, if they cannot prove it, then they cannot believe it. Another thing that is taking place is that many of the college professors or individuals that are teaching the science and technology courses are so convinced in the scientific method that they are teaching their students to draw away from God. This is a very, very difficult problem. And it would be best if the professors and those giving guidance would simply let the individuals make up their own minds instead of trying to lead them away from the path that requires thinking outside of the scientific method. Is there any way that the rapid growth in science and technology could lead to a belief in God? Absolutely. As my friend pointed out in the earlier segment, science and technology will lead you to the stars. And as you travel and experience extraterrestrial beings, you will find out that the power of God exists in all of the planets of the galaxy. They will learn that only through believing in that God did these other civilizations learn to coexist. They will learn that those that did not learn to coexist no longer exist. So there is a, there is a, a way, and it may be the way of God, that he will lead us into truly understanding. But science and technology will lead you to individuals that will give proof of the existence of God. Today, we're experiencing a growth in government and the influence of government on the citizens. How do you see the growth of government affecting individual rights? I was a strong believer in individual rights. I thought that people should be free to practice a religion of their choice, and they should be free to not believe in religion if they so choose. Today, government is growing at such a rate that it is forcing individuals to rely upon government assistance. Once you sell your soul to the government and live upon what they want you to have in the way of finances, in the way of knowledge, then you've given up your individual rights. There will come a time that people will have to choose. They will have to learn to control their government, or they will realize that the government will control them. So it's really quite a simple relationship. What was your view on the use of psychedelic drugs, and has your view changed now that you're on the other side? Hmm. 
I thought that there were times that drugs could assist in psychoanalysis. But in my time, I did not understand the true risks of those drugs. There are people that simply require drugs in order for them to live normal lives. They should not look at that as something that is a bad thing. There are people that simply need antidepressants in order to exist, and I feel those are fine. I do not think that the psychedelics are useful in the long run. I think that psychedelics are very dangerous because there are people that are addicted. The psychedelics lead them to a false existence, a false world that doesn't exist, and I think that they're quite dangerous. What is your view on dream analysis and symbolization? I am a big person to believe in dream analysis and symbolization. As I said, many of my concepts came to me in dreams. <clears throat> I was given many answers. Dream analysis can be very tricky. There are many that think they can analyze dreams, but really cannot do it. I think that the spirits that put dreams into your mind will help answer what those dreams stand for. I think that they, that they will arrange that you will truly understand what is taking place in your head. Uh, in 1959, you wrote the book Flying Saucers, A Modern Myth of Things Seen in the Skies. Now that you're on the other side, what comments would you make about your book and the alien presence? We all make mistakes in our human lives. I can assure you that aliens exist. I can assure you that aliens will make their present known to you in the near future. And I can assure you that if humans listen, it will be a grand experience for them. What would you tell modern scientists about the existence of God? I would tell them that not all things can be proven. I would tell them that God can reverse all of the laws of physics that they believe in. When they come to heaven, they will truly understand of the existence of God. Do not let scientists mislead you, other scientists mislead you. Make your own decisions. Look around, and you will truly understand. Okay. What do you see as the dangers of artificial intelligence? I see incredible benefits, but I also see incredible danger. If it is used to help humans, it will be a wonderful thing. If, it's, if it, evil takes over the use of artificial intelligence, it can end human evolution. So. It will all depend on how it is controlled. Yeah. What do you see as the future for human evolution? Do you think there's hope? I believe there is great hope for human evolution. 
I'm an optimist, I believe in God, and I do not think God is going to let humans fail. He spent a lot of time creating humans. He, create, he spent a lot of time having them evolve. He knows that they make many mistakes. But humans, when a soul decides to become a human, it enters the greatest proving ground and testing ground in the universe. Is Being a human is not an easy life. It is something that gives you the opportunity to learn. It is a life that gives you what you make of it. I'm an optimist, and I believe that humans, that God will lead humans into the future and that they will be able to coexist with the other members of the galaxy. Thank you so much for adding your wisdom to our messages this morning. Uh, do you have a final message for our listeners? Yes. I hope that you understand just how difficult a human life is, how hard it can be to make the proper decisions. But just as Connie asked me in that first question, how do I know God exists? I knew just simply by looking around. When I was living, I understood that there were so many miracles taking place around me. I was gifted to have psychic knowledge. I could understand the supernatural. I knew that the belief in God was absolute. I know that if people follow my example in those areas, that human evolution will go fine. So thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity. It's the first time that I've been able to speak with you. And if she would like to have some more conversation, I would be happy to do it. Thank you so much. Okay, let's take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to co communicate with the spirit of Timothy Leary. Connie and Barry will be back after a few words from our sponsors. A little birdie told me Voice America is on Twitter. Follow us at Voice America TRN. Psychic and author Barry Strom has now published nine books dealing with supernatural subject from ghosts to aliens. His most recent books, Messages of God and Messages of the Prophet Muhammad for a Modern World, bring you the channeled messages of the founders of Christianity and Islam. Their words are intended to guide their followers through these modern times. These books are available in softcover and ebook on Amazon.com. Signed copies of all of Strom's books are available on his website, www.barrystrom.com. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Is death the end of the journey of the soul or a time of new beginnings? Is there proof of an afterlife? What would historic figures say if they lived today? Psychic and channeler Barry Strom uses his gift of spirit communication to answer these questions and explore all aspects of the hereafter. Have all the information necessary not to fear life's final journey. 
Tune in to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife with Connie and Barry Strom. Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Welcome back to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife. Have a question for Barry or their guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Okay, welcome back, everybody, and thank you for tuning in. Connie, let's let's speak with the spirit of Timothy Leary. I've been looking forward to this. And I have as well. Timothy, thank you so much for joining us. Mr. Leary was born in 1920 and died in 1996. He was a huge advocate of psychedelic drugs and advocated their use. During the 1960s and 70s, he was arrested 36 times. He believed LSD showed potential for therapeutic use in psychiatry. One of his famous sayings was, think for yourself and question authority. Richard Nixon described him as the most dangerous man in America. Mr. Leary, welcome to our show. Uh, what was your basic belief in God and religion? Well, thank you, first of all, for having me. Uh, many people wouldn't invite me, but I thank you for it. I, I always believed that there was an energy, that there was something over there. The psychedelic drugs would lead us into areas that would have to have some type of a spiritual or religious energies. I was never really very sure what God was. I did know that the Gospels did not present a truth about God in many ways. Some ways probably did. But I always believed that there was an energy out there. There had to be something that was being that would be there when the drugs would open the doorway. So, yes, I think you could say that I I truly believed. Why were you a strong advocate of psychedelic drugs? I thought that psychedelic drugs opened the way into the inner workings of the human mind. The drugs would relax individuals. It would turn their minds loose. They would have different types of ways that they would see things under drugs. It would release their inhibitions. It would They would tend to more speak the truth about what was taking place in their minds. I truly believe that the psychedelic drugs open doorways that could not be opened in other ways. I thought that some of my research using psychedelics was opening the doors of knowledge. I just, it was the 60s and 70s. And people were looking for different types of experiences and understandings. And I just firmly believed that psychedelics 
was a way to open the mind and to read what was taking place in many individuals. In 1960, you experienced the effects of magic mushrooms in Mexico. Will you tell us about the experience? It was incredible. It was, it was a trip into the inner workings of my mind. It was a spiritual experience. It was like you took the worries of the world away from you. It opened my mind to infinite possibilities. In some ways, I imagined that it opens the door to heaven. Many of the many of the things that would take place under the drugs, many of the experiences were actually similar to what people that had had near-death experiences had explained. It was, uh, it was, it was an amazing trip. So then you believe that psychedelic uh, drugs enhanced religious experiences. Yes. <laughs> I felt that it made the other dimensions more believable. I believed in, in multiple dimensions, and I do think that psychedelics, in some instances, allow you to get glimpses of those other dimensions. As you were experimenting, did you take into consideration the long-term effects on psychedelics, such as addiction? I must admit that I overlooked many of the long-term effects. I know that LSD in particular can be a very dangerous drug. <laughs> I know that people have taken their lives, that they've done things that resulted in their deaths. Keep in mind that we were pioneers in the use of these psychedelic drugs. Long-term studies had not existed. There were many that were telling me that there were that there were some very dangerous aspects to it. There were individuals that felt that I was destroying the youth of the country. President Nixon, in particular, was one of them. He felt that I was destroying the moral conviction of the of the youth i was simply trying to lead them into a world where they ask questions where they question authority keep in mind the vietnam war was tearing the country apart there were many times that an individual was simply trying to escape from the realities of their life and they could do it through the use of psychedelics I know that I did not truly understand the long-term effects. I was so involved with what I considered the short-term advantages of using psychedelics that I did not take time to do much study into the long-term effects of addiction. Would you tell us about your friendship with G. Gordon Liddy? 
<laughs> Gordon, Liddy, and I did share a time that we were both in prison. He had participated in Watergate. He actually arrested me at one time, but we became very, very good friends. Gordon was very intellectual. He did some things with his life that were not so good, but he and I were actually became very, very good friends. Will you tell us about your legal problems? We could do a whole show on my legal problems. <laughs> <clears throat> I was continually arrested. In those days, marijuana possession was a very illegal thing. I was arrested so many times that the judge put me in jail and gave me a very, very long sentence. I was assisted, and I actually broke out of jail, <laughs> got out of the country. But I was still leading such an active life that I was eventually recaptured. My legal problems were very, very extensive. And as I say, it would take a show on its own to believe, to really go into all the parts of that. Okay. Uh, are there any parts of your life that you truly regret? Yes, I do regret that I led some people into addiction. That was not my intent. It was it was such a troubling time in the country, and many people did turn to drugs. I know that drug addiction affected many in the military. I know that the use of psychedelics did take lives. I wish that I would maybe have been a little more careful. I don't, I don't really regret the fact that I did all so much research and tried to understand them. It was an area of science that people needed to explore. Perhaps I should have been a little more careful, a little less outspoken, a little less A little less in irritating the police <laughs> and those in charge. Questioning authority was not really something that went over very big during the 60s and 70s. But I did what I did. And I think that I helped advance understanding in many areas. What would you tell people today about the use of psychedelic drugs with having the knowledge that you now have? I would tell them not to use them. They're, they are just simply too dangerous. <clears throat> They're more powerful than they were when I was alive. If you buy drugs on the street, you have no idea what you're getting. The drugs can destroy your lives, can kill you. Overdoses are a terrible problem. Drug addiction has become a terrible problem. I guess that I was responsible in some ways for some, for partially for what is taking place today. There are many people that cannot control the addictions. I wish that I had been a little more careful in what I did. 
Hey, Timothy, it said that your last word was beautiful as you passed. Will you tell us about what you saw that was so beautiful? When I took that last breath, my soul entered the dimension of heaven. It was more beautiful than any psychedelic trip I'd ever been on. It was incredible. It was, it was so vivid, the colors. It was truly indescribable. Timothy, yeah. thank you so much for sharing your time with us today. Uh, do you have a final message for us? Yes. I want to thank you for allowing me to come through. I know that I made mistakes. I know that I led many people to addictions. I felt that I was doing a good thing. I felt that I was showing them the way. I felt that I was making it possible for them to see into the spiritual world in many ways. But I do think that what I did led to a great amount of research. I would tell everyone not to do get drug addicted, stay away from addiction. They will only lead you down a path of destruction. So thank you for allowing me to come through today. Thank you for coming through. We appreciate it. Okay, next week we're going to discuss animal souls. We're going to speak about our animals that we speak to. Uh, we're going to give you the opportunity to make phone calls and call in. And maybe I can try to communicate with some of your animals that, uh, that have passed. So anyway, I've got nine books on Amazon. Latest, Messages of Muhammad for a Modern World, consists of messages of the prophet that we've channeled in the past. Books available on Amazon, soft cover, there's an ebook. it's an English and Spanish edition. Also check out Messages of God for a Modern World. I think you enjoy all of them. I'd like to thank you all for joining us on Voice America Variety Network today. Please give us a thumbs up and tell your friends about our show. If you'd like to see more of our channelings, we've probably mentioned this before, we have 460 videos covering all aspects of the afterlife on our YouTube channel. It's in Barry's name. Thank you for joining us. Uh, next week's going to be very interesting. If you're a pet owner, don't miss it. You're going to love some of our stories. So join us Tuesday mornings at 9 a.m. Pacific time on the Voice America Radio Network. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife with Connie and Barry Strom. Tune in next week for another informative and inspiring episode on the Voice America Variety Channel at 9 a.m. Pacific Time.